Um, my name's Mark. Um, I got involved with Jumping Jacks a number of years ago when I became a minister at a church just down the road from Jumping Jacks at Rock Hill uh, Parish Church. And what I found when I started going to Jumping Jacks is that they preach a message, a simple message. It's the message of the cross. And I want to read a couple of scriptures to you uh, this evening from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, if you want to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and it says this from verse 18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believed. Jews demanded signs and Greeks looked for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness. To the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore it is written, right, the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And that's what these guys have been doing this evening. They've been boasting in the Lord. They've been telling you what God has done. They've been sharing with you the message of the cross. I wonder if we asked each of you when you come in the door this evening, what is the message of the cross? What's the message of the cross? And we would have got a variety of answers, but in the reading that we read uh, this evening, we seen that there was a couple of groups of people who, who couldn't grasp this message, they couldn't get it, they kept stumbling over it. There were two groups, one that were Jews and one that were Greeks. And it says they kept stumbling over this simple message. It's a simple message. Jesus died for your sins. Repent, believe. And get your life right with God. Simple. That's what's preached at Jumping Jacks every single week. You're a sinner. Get your life right with Jesus. Repent. Turn from your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your saviour. But we stumble over that, don't we? The Jews stumbled over it. The Jews stumbled over the message of Christ because he wasn't the kind of Messiah that they were expecting to see. It wasn't the Messiah that they had wanted. And that's pretty strange because Jesus came 
preaching a message. A message that you would think his own people would <clears throat> receive and accept. He preached about a God who had watched over the Jews for generations. A God who had prepared that nation for a Messiah that was to come. They had heard about this Messiah every time they went to the temple. They knew all the prophecies about Jesus. And yet they kept stumbling over this message when he came. They crucified him. When Jesus came, their Messiah, the one that they were waiting for, they crucified him. The Bible says that he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. Why, you wonder, didn't they receive him? It says that they were looking for a sign. They were looking for a miraculous sign. And that's funny, because Jesus went about doing signs and wonders all over the place. The blind could see, the lame could walk, the dead were raised. Signs all over the place. But these guys wanted signs of power and success. They wanted a Messiah who would overthrow the Romans and establish the kingdom of David. You see, dying on a cross, it doesn't look like power or victory. It looks like weakness. It looks like failure. It looks like defeat. And not only that, did they have a, so they had a false concept of who the Messiah was. But not only that, they, they, they didn't think that they needed salvation. They didn't think that believing in someone who died for them would bring them salvation. They thought salvation came through their own righteousness. They had about 7,562 laws that they attempted to keep all the time. And they thought if they kept all these rules and regulations, they were going to heaven. It says that they would say their prayers loudly so that everybody could hear. That they would give their offerings in public so that everybody could see and be impressed by their generosity. But you know what Jesus called them? Hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. Nobody likes a hypocrite. Even hypocrites don't like hypocrites. Do you know that? Hypocrites, Jesus called them. And hypocrisy is still one of the biggest reasons that people don't choose Christianity. That people don't come to God. Because at the end of the day, we're all hypocrites. In some way or another. The church is full of them. I'm a hypocrite sometimes. So are you. But Jesus came to save hypocrites. But these guys in their minds, they didn't need a saviour. If they could just keep their rules and regulations, they would be saved. So they stumbled over this message, the message of the cross. They keep tripping over it, stumbling over it. There's another group mentioned in this this passage. They're the Greeks. To them, this message was, was foolishness. These people, it says, they look for wisdom. There were people who had, uh, there were the intelligentsia of the day, people like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, people that we still quote and read today. And they looked, it says, for, for wisdom. 
Socrates says this. He says, the secret to a successful society is education. If we can just give everybody a good education, then it must follow, follow that the world will get better and better and better. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? We're still hearing that message today. Education will solve all our, all our problems. It's all we need, more education. I'm not opposed to education, but you can be the most learned person in the, in the world. You can have a sign outside your church with pastors that will get degrees to the end, end of the sign. And that pastor will still have one fatal flaw. Sin. Sin. In the book of Acts, in chapter 17, we read a story of Paul going to Athens. And the Athenian philosophers met at Mars Hall, the Areopagus, and they sat there all day thinking their profound thoughts. And Luke says this, he says, they spent all their time doing nothing but talking and listening to the latest ideas. These guys were intelligent. They looked for wisdom. They looked for reason. And reason tells you that babies aren't born to virgin girls. Reason tells you, tells you that God doesn't become flesh. Reason tells you that Almighty God will not allow a puny man to nail him to a cross. And it tells you that when a man, when a man dies, he can't be resurrected. So, the Greeks stumbled over this message. And maybe that's you this evening. Maybe because of your reasoning about this simple message, the message of the cross, you keep stumbling over it. You can't understand and you can't reason out the message of the cross. The Bible says this, God took the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So Jesus went to a cross. He left all the glory of heaven. He came and was born in a stinking stable. He grew up as a young man and he sat with the wise and taught them as a young boy and then he started his ministry blind eyes were open the lame were healed the dead were raised and he went to a cross and he died for your sin and for mine there's no other way to God except through the cross and there's no other way of understanding it unless God reveals it to you. You can have the most wise and learned people sitting in a congregation hearing a simple message and, 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 and some of the, the most uneducated people in the world sitting there who just get it. Because God reveals it to them. We need to see the cross as something that Jesus done for us. But before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, leading 
us to faith and worship. We have to see it as something that was done by us. We have to begin to admit that it was me that nailed Jesus to the cross, that it was my sin that put him there. You may be sitting there wondering to yourself, well, I've not done that much in my life. I've heard stories of people that have done this and that. I'm I'm all right. (laughs) I'm fine. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I looked that word up, all. Do you know what it means? I looked it up in the Greek and everything. It says it means all. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, the Bible says that we were formed in sin and born in iniquity. We all need a saviour. I needed a saviour. I was born into a family like Roberts, family that were riddled with addictions. All my mother's side of the family were alcoholics, and all my dad's side of the family were alcoholics and drug addicts. And some of them sold drugs. I grew up, got drunk for the first time at the age of eight, stealing one of my mother's cans of Carlsberg special brew. Me and my brother drank half of each and got steaming at the age of eight or nine. I started jumping about with the boys at the corner when I was 13, 14 year old and was drinking, started smoking cannabis. I was the one that could go to my uncle's and score cannabis for all the troops at the corner. We started smoking it, we started doing things like stealing cars, breaking into shops and factories. And I got my first jail sentence when I was 19. And I was in and out of the jail for a period of about five years, sometimes out for a couple of days, sometimes a couple of months, but always back in. And I'd taken every drug under the sun, but I'd I'd stopped myself. Me and my, my friends had put a red line down there and said, we'll never try heroin. I remember being in jail, in Berlin, coming back for a, 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 a visit with my girlfriend who brought me in a bit of cannabis. Went into my cell, rolled a joint, was lying smoking it on my bed, and the guy in the cell next door to me shouted through, he said, what'd you get? And I told him, and he said, do you want to swap it for a bit of heroin? And that was the start of about a five-year addiction for me. Started smoking heroin, I injected heroin, and injected all sorts of other stuff into my veins. Blocked up all the veins in my arms, my legs. was a mess. I went to doctors, drug counsellors, psychologists, psychiatrists. Couldn't do a thing for any of them. <laughs> Took you a wee while, but you got it. <laughs> I met a guy, a guy that I knew, a guy who had been through the similar lifestyle as me. It was a guy who had been up in the, the roof of Berlin when the Berlin riots were going off and he bumped into me in the street one day and he said, Mark, Jesus Christ loves you and he can set you free. I said, John, man, what are you on? Are you selling cocaine now and using Christianity as a cover-up with a big smile on his face? What's going on? And he invited me along to a Baptist church in Salkos where I heard the gospel for the first time through an Alpha course. Me and my girlfriend were wasted. In fact, we were smoking heroin in the toilets before it. Wasted. And a wee old lady used to come up to us, sit in our group after the Alpha course and just share the love of God. I don't know if it's called share the love of God, but the love of God just exuded for this lady. I went to an elder and I said, how do I become a Christian? And he said, say this prayer. 
I prayed a prayer. I became a Christian and a guy told me about Teen Challenge. I went down there in 1999. I went through a year-long Teen Challenge programme. And then I walked there for about seven years, setting one up down in the Scottish borders and Duns. A, a, a groupie has went up and started a centre up. But I always felt called to the ministry. When I went to Teen Challenge, I remember the first week there getting into a counselling session, sweating, withdrawing for heroin, and the counsellor across from me saying, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to go to Bible college and I want to be a pastor, rattling. And I finished the Teen Challenge program, I went to the guy who run it, and I said, I want to go to Bible college. And he said, you're a wee bit young. And then he gave me a job for seven years, for pennies. But what a job it was, seeing guys getting delivered and set free from drug addiction, setting up a centre where guys are still getting delivered and set free from drug addiction. And then I went to ICC. I was going to a, 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 a church in Edinburgh, a church of Scotland, that was pastored by a guy called Kenny Bothwick. And I went to ICC and went through the process for the Church of Scotland ministry, thinking there's no way the Church of Scotland will have me. Got to the end of it and they accepted me as a candidate for the ministry. I went from ICC to Edinburgh University, done two years there and finished there with a degree, with honours. I'd been booted out of school that many times. That, you know, I couldn't believe it. And then I, I'd done a year as an assistant minister in a, in a church in Edinburgh that was full of doctors and it was full of uh, lawyers and actuaries. I didn't even know what an actuary was. There was judges there and all that. And I'm shouting up for the pulpit. There was about eight foot off the ground. Repent! Get your life right with God! I was like, how on earth did God get me here? I felt like God had stooped down and picked me up and put me in a pulpit. And I read this. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. I finished my training and went to a, I wanted to go to a rough area. I went to Rock Hill, in the middle of Maryhill and, and Glasgow. And it's been amazing seeing what God can through, do through a filthy sinner like me. Absolutely amazing what he can do through people who just have a heart for other people. The message of the cross... It's foolishness to some. But to those who are being saved, to those whose eyes have been opened, the message of the cross is the most wonderful message in the world, the most life-transforming message of the world, the simplest message of the world. Repent. Get your life right with God. And watch God do an amazing thing through it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this message, this simple message, the message of the cross. We pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to you this evening to receive this message. Pray that as we come to communion, that God, that you would open our hearts to you. 
you would open our understanding to understand what it was that you achieved for us on the cross. And I pray that you would save someone in this place this evening. Salvation would come to this house tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.